0: What do I need to have you guys do this morning to greet each other? Yeah, it's been a while, so, but first, let me tell you something, okay? We're all gonna hug. You don't have to hug me, it's all right. But, um, my brother's here, he just moved to Kansas from Oklahoma, just got out of the Navy. Um, he's the shorter, hairier version of me back there. I will give you money if you guys go hug him, because he loves it, all right? So let's greet each other with a hug this morning. All right, that's enough hugging. Too many people hugged him. I'm not paying any money. <laughs> he he kind of looks stunned. He's just standing you, uh, there. <laughs> you should have been doing that anyway. Well, listen, we want to welcome everybody here to Cornerstone. If you are uh, visiting us, Creekside. You know how it is. You, you think about, okay, Creekside, 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 and then when you get up here, Cornerstone. All right, welcome to Creekside. We are so glad to have you here. You know, another thing I wanted to just talk about a little bit was our, our series that we're doing on Ephesians and how, how excited I am. Uh, two weeks ago, Andrew uh, gave us kind of a little bit of an introduction, an overview of it. It was excellent. Uh, last week, um, Kyle got us started off in the first, uh, first few verses of chapter one. And I'm gonna tell you what, it was just, it was excellent. I was so excited about it. Now, I was so excited about it, I, every week I look up and I see those dog tags up there. And so, last night, I went down in the basement, and it took me a while to find them, but I've got one of my dog tags. I haven't, I haven't worn these for probably like close to 30 years, okay? But I look at it, and it, it's got my name on there, Jeff Westfall, Jeffrey C. Westfall. It's got my Social Security. It's got my blood type, B-positive. Any, any B-positive folks in here? I might need to... Oh, yeah, okay, excellent. Let's get together afterwards. Um, and then it's got, you know, your re- religious affiliation, Protestant, on here. And so I was just thinking about, you know, in, in Ephesians, it's, talk, it, it's all about our identity with Christ, you know. And, and so I was just thinking, you know, now that I'm a child of Christ, it no longer, my little dog tag should read, you know. We were, we were talking from, from Ephesians in chapter 1. Uh, Kyle brought out how we are adopted, you know. God considers us his children. And not only that, we've been, our sins have been forgiven and we've been redeemed. What an awesome thing that is. So if I looked at my dog tag now, my my heavenly dog tag, would say something like uh, Jeffrey C. Westfall, son of God, redeemed, and forgiven. Woo! And you know what? Yeah, that's something to get excited about. And I'm also excited because I know in that first chapter, there's some other stuff that that should be on my my dog tag that we're going to hear about today. But here's the other thing. I'm going to put a a 30-second plug in for small groups. Um, our small group, we've been going through a small group uh, or through a study uh, uh, called um, When the Going Gets Tough, How to Find Hope and Joy in Our Trials. And we were all sitting around last week and we we're like, you know what? That's exactly right. When, when we go through a, a, a tough time in our life, God in his word in James, it says, consider it all joy, all right? When we're going through a tough time, we don't have to be happy about it. Woohoo! I lost my job. Woohoo! Or, hey, I found out I've got cancer. Woohoo! No, it's not that. But you know what? We have joy because we know that God is in control. And I can look at my dog tag, and I know that I'm his child, my sins are forgiven, and I've been redeemed. And that gives me a lot of hope and gives me a lot of joy. So even when I'm going through a tough time, I've got that. I've got that to cling on to. So I want to make one little pitch. Uh, Small groups, if you're not involved in a small group, we would love to have you. Most of the small groups are kind of finishing up what they've been doing uh, this past uh, um, few weeks and getting ready to start a new one. I know our group has got one more in our old one, and we're going to be starting a new one called uh, Spiritual Living in a Secular World. So uh, we'll be starting that in a few weeks. So if you have not signed up for a small group and you want to do one, please come and talk to me afterwards or see Alan Krim afterwards, okay? All right, I, uh, right now I think we're gonna do the offering. Yeah. So I'm gonna give thanks for the offering. I just wanna say, if you're visiting us, you know what, don't worry about putting money in the offering, okay? That's, that's just for our regular attendance. We just welcome you here and we wanna have you worship with us, so um, don't worry about that. But we'd love to put you, have you put that tear off section in there for us, okay? So let's just give thanks for the offering. Gracious Heavenly Father, we, uh, what an awesome thing it is to think that, that you loved us enough to, to redeem us and to forgive our sins. You call us your children, and it's all because of the great work of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, coming into this world and being that perfect sacrifice for us. And that's why we're here today, just to lift our voices up in thanksgiving to you for, for that awesome, awesome gift. And now, Father, we, uh, we're going to pass our offering around. We would just ask that we would be cheerful givers. We're just giving back to, to you for some of the things that you have blessed us with. We want to give them with cheerful hearts. We, wanna, I mean, we would just ask you uh, to help us as we use them. We want to use them wisely. We want to use them wisely for your kingdom and for your work. And so that's what we would ask you to help us do. So uh, as we just pass this, Lord, thank you for all that you've given us, thank you for uh, the blessings that you've bestowed upon us, but most of all, we thank you for eternal life through your Son, Lord Jesus Christ. And it's His name we uh, give thanks. Amen.
1: sacrifice in
0: us.
1: Oh great, I'm just kidding. But don't you want to just keep going? I mean, I got, like, the chills. Hold on, stand up. Stay standing for a second. I got the chills right there. You can get off the stage. Yeah, please do. Um, I got the, I mean, you can, sometimes you get the chills and you feel, ah, oh, that's just a feeling. But I've been praying so hard for this morning. I feel like that that was the Holy Spirit just giving confidence to the Word of God this morning. So I want to pray. God, thank you for this place, but the place is nothing without the people. God, the place is nothing without your Son, Jesus Christ, and your Holy Spirit here with us, God. So I pray, I beg, God, that you would use your word to change something in us, to shift something in us this morning, that we would live our lives in our true identity in Christ Jesus. I pray that if there is anyone here that doesn't know You, Jesus, and have an identity in you. I pray that today is the day of salvation, that you can set free. um, God, that freedom defines our identity and grace and love, love, love. You are the great and mighty one and we want to worship you as such this morning. God, we thank you and we need you and we love you. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. You can have a seat. All right. Hey, I want to just start by um, saying thank you to all of the band members um, that are here every Sunday morning. Um, There's a lot of people involved. Uh, Raise your hand if you are in the band or if you uh, do the computer or if you do any kind of setup for the first meeting. Raise your hand if you have ever been involved in any kind of service, even greeters, Sunday school, anybody. Raise your hand right now. One, two, three, go. Look around. Look around. Alright? That's great. Yeah. Clap for them. <laughs> Clap for them. That's great. That's awesome. There could be a lot more. Okay? I'm gonna get to that in a moment, but I want to start by bringing Adam Westfall and Justin uh, Two up here right now. I almost said bracelet. You guys come up here. You guys come on. Come, hurry, please. Hurry. Should have practiced this. Hurry up. Justin, Adam, come here. Um, I, uh, just didn't want to uh, be out dressed this morning because these guys look good, okay? But obviously not this good. Uh, except Justin, just the bracelets. Justin, stand up, everybody turn around and look at Justin. <laughs> enough said, <laughs> enough said, all right? So these guys, nobody really knows what these guys have done since we've moved into this building, okay? Um, when we first moved in here, And I started working here, and it was awesome, I loved it. Justin was either here as much as I was, and this is my full-time job, okay? He was either here as much as I was or more that first week, and Adam, almost that much. What these guys did was incredible, okay? We are so thankful to God for this sound system, for this room, everything that we have here. He just, I mean, it was just given to us, essentially. But it did have to be tweaked a little bit to fit our needs and what we're doing, These guys spent hour upon hour upon hour here. I mean, Justin, he hasn't taken a single class in sound technology, and he knows about ten times more than I will ever know, okay? Because he's read it all on his own, and he's just put time and effort, time and effort. And Adam, all of our networks are set up because of Adam, not because of me, because I have no idea what I'm doing. They're both thinking that they know 20 times more than me. That's just not true. 10 was generous, okay? But these guys, I just want everybody to know that they, this, all of this, the sound, everything that it, that it is now is because of them. I didn't really have a lot to do with this. So I wanted to recognize them this morning. I want you to give them a round of applause and just recognize that these are for you guys. Thank you, Thank you very much. You look good, but you can sit down. I want to do a little ministry plug right here, right now. Um, we, uh, I sat in an elders meeting uh, a couple weeks ago, and the elders kind of put forth four areas. We went around in a circle, and everybody dreamt. What do you dream that Creekside Church will look like at the end of 2014? And then, what do we need to do to get us there? Okay, so everybody went around and dreamt, and all of our dreams fit into four categories. Okay, number one, growth. Numerical growth and spiritual growth. Number two, youth. Number three, discipleship. Number four, mission, missions, local and world missions. Okay? Now, here's the deal God said in His Word that he, He has a desire for all men to be saved, right? And so if we are, when you walk in this building, our mission statement is plastered right there, leading people everywhere to a devoted relationship. With Jesus Christ. When you read that, you have got to walk in this room, in this building, and catch a vision. God wants all men everywhere to be saved. Okay? That's His desire. If we are living out our mission and going out and seeing unsaved people get saved, where are they gonna go to church? What am I gonna do? I'm gonna say, hey, there's a huge church over in West Des Moines. Luther Church of Hope, they'd love to have you. No, I'm not. I'm going to say, come to Creekside. We want to know you. We want to love you. Jesus loves you. We want you to grow. If we are living out our mission, this church should be growing. And I know there's some people right now sitting in this room that are terrified of growth. Why? Because you love the relationships you have. You love the comfortableness of a decently small church. Okay? Okay? Get in a small group. Find a way to connect yourself because God's mission will not stop when we're uncomfortable. If we are living out our mission, this church will be growing. And right now, we have an awesome problem. Okay? This problem will only be awesome if it doesn't remain a problem. Okay? Then, if it remains a problem, it'll just be a problem. Our awesome problem is that our Sunday school is growing like crazy, and that's great, but our teachers are getting worn out. I'm going to say this, and I want to keep saying it, that one of the number one enemies of people, of believers using their gifts is burnout, because if you get out on the ministry that you're doing, you're not going to come back to it, or it's going to be a really long time before you do. Okay? So if our Sunday school is growing and our teachers are getting worn out, they're still doing it joyfully, and I'm so thankful for that. You don't hear a lot of our Sunday school teachers complaining, but they do present needs to us. Okay? Sunday school is one of those, what I call, first 15 ministries. Greeters is one of them because it's the first 15 minutes that somebody shows up to our church, okay? and they will likely be able to tell, especially if they have kids, if they're going to be back within the first 15 minutes, okay? You can deal with a little music that's too loud or not your style. You can deal with a mediocre preacher, but if your kids are taken care of, and you'll know that within the first 15 minutes, I think, then you're going to come back. So we have got to feed into our young people. We've got to feed into our kids, Okay, so I'm going to present to you some needs right now in this Sunday school, and here's the deal. If you have ever been approached to be a teacher, or if you have ever been approached to be a part of any ministry at Creekside, and your first answer was immediately no, we need you to reconsider that. We need you to at least say, it's probably going to be no, but I'll spend a week praying about it. Okay, it can still be no, but we want you to pray about it first. Okay, because you never know what God will lead you to. So here's some needs. Okay, in Sunday school, our our Sunday school is ever growing. We need more teachers. Specifically, we need a K through first grade teacher. We also need subs and assistance for all of our classes. We also need. Okay, sometimes there's an immediate need on Sunday morning. If a teacher doesn't show up, we need someone to be available to. Hey, we can ask you. This such and such a class needs a teacher. Can you just go do that on a whim? Okay, I want to read you something that Tracy wrote to me this past week, and uh, I I guarantee you that a number of you have felt this uh, when we've asked you to volunteer in a specific place in the church and you were terrified or it took up too much time or whatever your excuse was. Um, She says, When I, this is Tracy, was first asked to be the Sunday school superintendent years ago, I thought that was the craziest idea ever and promptly said no. But of course, God had other ideas and decided that my children should cry as hard as they could when dropped off at Sunday school every Sunday so that mommy couldn't bear to leave them. That's just like God, right? So after weeks of sitting in class with them, with Miss Debbie as their teacher, I reluctantly got roped into teaching. But now, years later, I've realized that teaching is nothing to be afraid of, and it has blessed my life in so many ways. It's not hard, and it's not intimidating once you do it. You don't, have to be, you don't have to have a ton of knowledge or even a teaching degree. The blessings that come back to you by spending time with those kids is amazing. God works in crazy ways, so pray about it and let him lead you, and we hope he leads you down the Sunday school hall. Here's the deal. If you haven't checked out the Sunday school hall, go check it out after church today okay? We're going to pass around a a sign-up sheet next week, and I'm going to email about it again this week. We need these spots filled. Another thing is that if you're a believer, God has given you a gift, whether you know about it right now or not. If you don't know what your gift is, email me this week. Email one of the elders, okay? Because we want to help you figure out what that gift is. God uses your gifts to enhance the body of Christ, okay, and lead us closer to Christ. And if you're a Christian and you're not using your gifts, you're not living up to the calling that God has for you. We need you to be, we need you to be using your gifts, okay, if we're going to grow as a church. So be thinking about that. I'm going to send out another email this week about women's ministries. A lot of the women that were involved last year with women's ministry signed up for the same exact things this year. It's because there's people out there sitting in this church right now that have the gifts to sign up for those areas, but just aren't. And for whatever reason those may be. So please, if you've said no immediately right away before, just pray about it this week. And when you see the email come around, pray about that. Because if this church is going to grow and we're going to fulfill the mission that God has given us, we've all got to be involved. It's got to be everyone, and we've got to catch a vision of growth as an entire church, okay? Enough with that. Take out your Bibles. We're going to be in the NIV this morning. If you don't have a Bible with you, take out your phone, find it on there, or somewhere around you, in a pew in front of you, there's an NIV Bible somewhere. Don't be afraid to ask somebody to reach it for you. Um, I'm going to read from Ephesians 1, 1 to 14, Kyle already spoke on a lot of that last week, but I want to read it because, dude, he did an awesome job with the whole thing, but he did an awesome job reading. I think I got motion sickness when he read last week. I, I was seriously, it made my eyes, like it made my head move, and I almost threw up afterward because that was amazing. It was awesome, and I'm not going to do that this morning because it won't sound as good. So I'm going to read 1, 1 to 14. Listen to this. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight, In love he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood. Let me read that again. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that He lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And He made known to us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure, which He purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment, to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. And here's our text for the morning, verse 11. In Him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan Of Him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of His will, in order that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, might be for the praise of His glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in Him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit, guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Isn't that a sweet part of scripture? I mean, that speaks so much to who, who, who we have been made. I mean, that should rock our world. I should be able to walk off the stage right now, and that should change us, but too often it doesn't. Okay. Andrew spoke a couple weeks ago, and I wrote some things down that I loved about it. I wrote some things down that I loved about Kyle's, and I'm going to reiterate those for you. One thing Andrew said, the truth of our identity in Christ has the power to change an individual and a whole church. It also has the power to change an economy. I mean, imagine it. McDonald's, Panera, anyone around the area that serves breakfast on a Sunday morning loses business because of us. Now, that's not — we don't really want a poor standing in a community, but we want them to be shutting their doors on Sunday morning because they're coming here, right? Because we are out in the community grabbing people, telling them about Jesus, because God has changed us. Andrew also talked about that Ephesians, in Ephesians, the author Paul was in his transition from his mission to the Jews to his mission to the Gentiles, and his message to them was if you are in Christ, you are one in Christ. You are a part of his family and you have the right to become children of God. Who is salvation for? Everyone. Okay? God wants all people to be saved. Doesn't matter the color of your skin, doesn't matter if you're black, blue, yellow, green. I'm sorry I've been watching too many superhero movies. The Hulk is green and he could get saved too. Okay? And so here's the deal. It's for everyone. A couple of things that Kyle said is you are blessed or you have been blessed. One time you were blessed and it lasts forever. Okay? You are blessed. What's our perspective on blessing? That we're going to get all of the things we want? And that we're going to get the car, the money, everything that we want and we desire in this life? Or is our perspective from, does our perspective of blessing come from the word that Kyle said, Shalom? That you have peace, that you have fullness, that you have wholeness. Not that you can have. That if you're in Christ, you have these things. So often, our mind works against us, our subconscious works against us, and we don't live like we actually have these things. Kyle said that we are adopted and redeemed in Christ through his blood. Every time you hear, we are, or you are, or I am, You have got to hold that as truth in your life because identity in Christ is everything. Identity is everything because it will shape and define how you live your life. That's the truth of the word identity. And for everybody in this room, it is not in Christ. I can tell you that. Even if you're a believer, you are in Christ, but you don't live like it. And I don't always live like it. I know that for sure. My wife knows that for sure. That's the truth. Anyway, that was supposed to be funny. My wife knows that I'm not perfect, all right? (laughs) If there's one word that shapes and defines mine and Heather's life over the past two years, it is the word identity. Because two years ago, whatever it was, you've heard the story, my identity in Christ was all screwed up. And so that has shaped us. The way you see yourself, your perspective of how God sees you and your position in him will define, it will define It will define, there is no option, it will define how you live your life. It will also define how you think about other people who are not in Christ. And that's really the crux of the matter this morning. How do we view people that are not in Christ? Unfortunately, the history of the church has shaped us into two kinds of people. Okay, There's really more than just these two, but when people outside the church think of the church, it really comes down to these two kinds of people. The first kind of person is us. Ooh, if you know where I'm going with that, that just stabbed you in the heart. The first is us. The kinds of people that say we are the church, we live, we act a very specific way, we're essentially separatists. We're We're not in the world but not of it. We just separate ourselves from everything that is the world and all the people that act worldly. Right? So there's us. Right, wrong, and judgment are very cut and dry for us. Number two, there's them. 1 Corinthians 6 talks about these kinds of people. Sexually immoral, thieves, greedy people, drunkards, swindlers, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. But, then verse 11 says that some of you once were. You have been washed, you've been sanctified, you've been justified in the name of Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Here's the deal, Creekside will not be in us and them church. We will not be in us and them church. We will not sit in our pews and say that everything that we do is right and everyone that's not here, everyone that's living in their sin is wrong. Let me ask you a serious question. And until we are able to answer this question in one way, we're not going to be, we will always be an us and them church until we can answer this question in one way. What would we do, don't throw stones, okay? What would we do as a church if a homosexual couple walked in the door and wanted to stay here? What would we do? My fear is that they'd be here for a couple weeks and then gone. My prayer, that's not a reflection on all of you. You need to think about if that's a reflection on you personally. But if a homosexual couple walked in the door, what would we do with them? would we be able to see them through the lens of the fact that I once was what would you if a drunk person showed up at our church cuz for one if i'm going to be drunk i'm going to go to a church cuz you'll never be in the same you'll never be in a single place where there's so much so many designated drivers as a church so if i've got if i've got if i've got an issue with alcohol dude i'm going to go do it outside of a church so that somebody can drive me home, right? Would we drive them home? That's the question. Would we do it? I hope so. I hope we would drive them home. Smokers, I'd rather be smoking here than somewhere else. High people, I'd rather be here and high than somewhere else. People with all sorts of issues, I'd rather be in this room than somewhere else. Here's the deal. There will not be a distinction between us and them because you all and I was once were. You ever seen the movie uh, Lorax, The Once Lur? I thought a good title for this, this sermon would be The Once Were. Because if you're in Christ, you once were everything listed in that verse. And I know I've been, at least in my mind. The church does not grow every time a believer comes in this door and adds to our numbers. We get excited about it, but why? It's it's more people, it makes singing more fun because it's louder. Or for you that don't like loud music, it dampens the sound because there's more people. Okay? So what good does it do us if our numbers are growing with people getting saved? That's not church growth, that's transfer growth. Church growth only happens when we as the church are going out and sharing the gospel with people by loving them no matter what their stage in life and then sharing Christ with them. They get saved, that's church growth. And where are they going to go? They're going to come here. Okay? Our church has got to be growing. I pray and I've been praying all week that the truth of the fact that we once were changes the way we look at the people that aren't. It's not us and them. I once was, so I'm going to love everyone that still is. Let's get into the passage. I know you feel like that was a long time, and I'm never going to get done with this, this uh, sermon, but hang in there with me, okay? Verse 11, okay, it says, "...in Him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of Him who works out everything." in conformity with the purpose of his will. Chosen and predestined are charged words in the church and if we, we could spend uh, weeks and weeks and weeks on the word predestined and what that means and we would still have a room full of people that disagreed on it. Okay? We might do that someday. It'd be fun. But we're not going to do it this morning. Because in this sense Jeremiah 1.5 says, before I formed you in the womb I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. And then Jeremiah says back, Ah, oh, sovereign Lord, I do not know how to speak. I am only a child. Here's the deal. That before time even began, God predestined everyone that would be in Christ would be what? Verse 12. To the praise of His glory. If you are in Christ, your life will bring glory to God. Whether you are seeking the righteousness of God with all your heart, then that will bring glory to God. And if you're messing up every day and you're sinning in the same ways every day, yes, you need to be taking steps not to do that. But that's not the point. Because if you are living like that, but you're in Christ... That's still going to bring him glory because of the giant word that should be right next to identity is grace. Because his glory should be seen in your messed up life, in my messed up life, because of grace. Right? Is that true? All who are in Christ have been chosen and predestined to bring him glory that will not change. There's nothing that you could do to be outside of God once you're in Christ. On the cross, what did Jesus say? It is finished. Finished, finished, finished. If our identity is shaped by what we do, by what we say, by the people that acknowledge us as friends, by what we look like, okay? I mean, I dressed this morning because it felt like looking good, which is completely contrary to what I'm talking about, okay? But anyway, my wife thinks I look good, so the rest of you don't matter. Um, All right? If, If your identity in Christ is shaped on those things, then you will never live to the fullness of what God wants you to live. The best possible way that you can live is to live with the understanding that your identity is in Christ and nothing can ever change that because it'll change the way you look at yourself and it'll change the way you look at everyone that is outside of Christ or everyone that's in Christ that's struggling with sin. Verse 13 And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal. The promised Holy Spirit. Here's the deal. When we're saved, God gives us his Holy Spirit for a couple reasons. Because he's our helper. He wants us to live in a certain way. Why? Not so we can save ourselves, which is a a problem in a lot of people's minds that we still need to save ourselves. He didn't give us the Holy Spirit to help us so that we could do good works to save ourselves. He wants us to bring Him glory. He gave us the Holy Spirit also to let us know that there is nothing you could ever do to get unsaved. Once you're saved, you're saved. He's a seal. You have Him in you and you're going to heaven. And then He would say, so start living like it, right? He wants us to live in a certain way. But here's the problem. That many of us, even if we wouldn't say this out loud, with our subconscious life, live in a certain way because we think that we can still save ourselves. We live in a certain way and we think a certain way because we believe we still need to save ourselves. There might be some people in this room, and I bet there is, that think, I'm a believer. I am a Christian. I don't sin anymore. I'm not one of them. I know that's hard for you to believe, but oh, wait, that was pride. So, this is sin anyway. <laughs> grace is not grace without sin. Grace doesn't say that God accepts our sin and says you're okay with it. No. Grace is that God saw our sin and he said, you're never, ever, ever going to live up to my standard, so I'm going to send Jesus so that you don't have to. So when Jesus came, that should change the way we think. That should completely change the way we think. At the cross, the standard was, was met. And get this, there is no sin, no sin, no sin more powerful than the cross of Jesus Christ and somehow we think that there is. What what am I not saying? I'm not saying that because of grace, we should go on and do whatever we want sin. Okay? Because what does Paul say? What should we do? Go on sinning so that grace may abound? By no means. By no means. We should not do that. But until we understand our identity in Christ, that We once were and now we are completely forgiven, completely taken care of, completely justified, completely sanctified, redeemed on our way to heaven no matter what. We will always be seeing our sin as something that separates us from God. Okay, think about yourself. When you Do something that you know is wrong, or even after you do it, you know it was wrong. You speak to somebody in a way that you shouldn't have. You continue to sin in a way that you are struggling with, and it's an addiction to you. And you are struggling with it. You're struggling with it. You're struggling with it. I don't know what it is. It could be alcohol. It could be pornography. It could be anger. It could be um, getting angry with your wife. It could be yelling at your kids. I don't know what it is, but every time you mess up in that way, your guilt paralyzes you. And I don't know if you've heard this said, but my mom always used to say it to me when I was in, in, uh, in grade school. And I remember there was this one kid that I absolutely hated. I could not stand this kid. I hated hearing his name. Every time I heard his name, I would compare myself to him and start just throwing, I hated this kid. But my mom always said to me, and I hated this too, because she was right. Um, she would say to me, Nick, you know, often what you hate in other people is what you hate in yourself the most. I was like, dang it, mom. I'm not talking to you anymore. I left. Because she was right. Same concept here. If our sin is messing up what our true identity in Christ is, then we will feel guilty for our sin. And when we feel guilty for our sin, it either drives us to sin again, or what do we do? We judge everyone else that's struggling with the same thing. Until your identity in Christ is known that nothing you could ever do will change the way God feels about you, will change your position in God, until that is true in your life, you will always live in such a way that your sin separates you from God and then you'll judge everyone else that walks into your life or walks into that door And in some instances, you're going to lead them away from Christ rather than in Christ. So you see what I'm talking about? Identity is everything. It defines everything about your life. Verse 14 says this, The Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of His glory. I, lo- I looked up the word inheritance in the dictionary, and one of the definitions was this, portion, birthright, heritage. Last week, Kyle talked about the fact that when we are saved, we're in Christ, we become what? Children of God. And what do children have? Complete, what, what did Kyle say? Complete access. We have complete access access to our Father. If you are a child of the king of the universe, what does that make you? I, don't, I guess I really don't expect you to know this. I just want to see if anybody would. You are royalty in the kingdom of God. You can't lose that status. God loves you so much that He decided, I'm not only going to save these people, but I am going to make them an heir of my kingdom with my Son, whom I love, and I sent to die for them. I'm going to make them co-heirs with Christ in my kingdom. And here's the deal. At the end of those verses, it said, "It says that the Holy Spirit is a seal for you until the redemption of those who are God's possession. Here's the deal. Not only can your identity in Christ never change, you are what you have been made because you once were. Not only will it never change, but God didn't create you because He needed you. Newsflash, He doesn't need you. He can do what He wants to do without you, but He chooses To create people, imperfect people, in his image, in his own image, because he desires, he desires, he desires relationship with us. He created you because he wants you. You are God's possession. That's why he says, I don't know exactly what it says, somebody say this for me, that he rejoices when is the death of his saints. Great is the joy. How does that go, somebody? Loudly. That's it. I had it when I practiced, but I lost it. Thank you, Mark. Precious to the Lord is the death of the saints. Why? Because he can't wait to have you there with him. Can't wait, because he loves you. I don't know how else I can say this, but until we as a church are shaped By our identity in Christ, we will not grow. The kingdom of God will not grow as a result of Creekside Church because we will still be living as if we're guilty. And then we're going to judge everyone that walks into our life, everyone that walks into the door, and we think somehow that we're above those sins. I know I've been there. I know I've been there and I'm still there sometimes. There are sins that I think I'm above in my own brain but I know in my heart that I'm not because all of the once-were's I've been there in my own head before. And so if I can know that I once was and I am no longer then it gives me the ability to look at everyone that comes into my life and love, 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 love love absolutely no matter what. I want to read some lyrics to a song that actually Bob Short led me to. And uh, he led me to it in such a way that said, hey, you remember that email that I said you should look up this song and play it as a band? Well, we're just not that good. So I'm going to read the, the lyrics instead because uh, Matthew West, dude's a stud, man. I can't ever sing like him. Uh, I may be able to sing as high as him, but it just doesn't sound good. Okay, so here's the lyrics to the song. It goes like this. What, uh, 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 oh. what? I'm just kidding. It just says that on the seat. Okay? Hello, my name is Regret. I'm pretty sure we have met. Every single day of your life, I'm the whisper inside that won't let you forget. Hello, my name is Defeat. I know you recognize me. Just when you think you can win, I'll drag you right back down again till you've lost all belief. Oh, those are the voices. Oh these are the lies and I have believed them for the very last time. Get this. Hello, my name is child of the one true king. I've been saved, I've been changed, I have been set free. Amazing grace is the song that I sing. Hello, my name is child of the one true king. W- uh, uh, uh 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 I am no longer defined by all the wreckage behind I once was. The one who makes all things new has proven it's true. Just take a look at my life. Hello, my name is child of the one true King. I've been saved. I've been changed. I have been set free. Amazing Grace is the song that I sing. Hello, my name is child of the one true King. What love the Father has lavished upon us that we should be called His children I am a child of the one true king. Tim, you and the band can come back up. Because we're going to take a moment now to, and seriously, you've got to think about this. They're going to play four songs, and they're in the first song. Don't just jump right up to do this. I want you to think about what happened when you got saved. Because you might be here this morning, and your identity is all messed up think about the last time that you judged somebody for their sin and it was something that you hated in yourself. God has set you free from that. There is absolutely no reason we should be living like that. I've been there and it's ugly and it changed the way I even saw all of you. I hated coming to church and truth be known, I didn't want to be around you. Why? because my identity was totally messed up. You've got to get this. We've got to catch that vision as a church because if we don't, we're not going to grow the kingdom of God. So as we remember Jesus, he gave the bread broken for us because God wanted to provide a way for us to have a new identity. This isn't necessarily just so that one day we can go to heaven. You understand that? It's because as we live here on earth, God wants the best possible life for us. So through Jesus, he gave us a new identity so that now we can love everyone on the same plane. And trust me, Love is the best way to get somebody saved. Yes, they've got to see the problem in their own life, but how are they going to see that? They're going to see that through your changed life because you once were, and now what? You still love me? Dude, my life's screwed up. Nobody loves me. Yeah, we do. Why? Because Jesus does. That's how we're going to grow the kingdom of God. Let me pray. God, I pray that this would be a moment that we can really, in your presence, think about our identity in Christ, be changed, be renewed in this moment, even for people who have been saved for a long time. God, help us to rethink and re-see our identity in Christ, God. It is everything. We want your kingdom to grow through this church, and it's all because of Jesus Christ. Help us to, in this moment, be changed by your grace. God, make somebody this morning understand their true identity in you for the first time. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. As they play, there's a table in the back. There's two tables up front. If you're a believer, your identity is in Christ. You've got to know that. If you're here and you don't know, you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, or if you know you don't, Pay attention to this, okay? Watch why we're doing what we're doing because Jesus himself has changed these people in this room. And our identity is new. So just take some time to be with him. say this morning the once were child of the one true king identity in Christ or does it say something else God I pray that you would use this church with people full with your peace with your wholeness with your fullness God complete In Christ. Changed identity. We once were, and now we are. Changed people. God, use this church to grow your kingdom. We want to live abundant lives. We need you, God, and we love you. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Have a blessed week. We'll see you next week.